It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Welcome to Quantum number 196. This is part three of our three-part series on transgender. And let's begin with The Who. I'm a boy, but I'm a boy, but my ma won't admit. Uh, it's a song. It's not really a song about transgender. It's a song about, a very appropriate song, actually, about a woman who wanted a boy, wanted a girl, rather, and she had a boy, and she decided to dress the boy as a girl. Uh, that's actually very helpful in, in what we're looking at, because a lot of this has to do with parents, and we're going to see again that our major concern in all of this is the harm that so much of this does to children. And speaking of children, well, I'm going to, in, in part one, we looked at where this has come from. Part two, last week's, we looked at the consequences. Part three, I'm going to in a while ask what can be done about it. But in the two weeks since I began this, there's so much happened that just to show you that what we said last week is, is something that is ongoing, I want to mention some of the things that have occurred. So here is President Biden, for example. Everyone celebrating Transgender Day of Visibility. I want you to know that your president sees you. Jill, Kamala, Doug, our entire administration sees you for who you are, made in the image of God and deserving of dignity, respect, and support. But we know it's hard when there are those out there who don't see you and don't respect you. For example, the onslaught of anti-transgender state laws attacking you and your families is simply wrong. This administration is standing up for you against all these hateful bills. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom, on the playing field, at work, in our military, in our housing and healthcare systems, everywhere, simply everywhere. Today, we're announcing even more steps, but there's always more work to do to end the epidemic of violence against transgender women of color and girls of color, to ensure transgender seniors can age with dignity, dignity, and to finally pass a bipartisan Equality Act to help transgender persons around the world live free from discrimination and violence. Above all, to be there with you. To parents of transgender children, affirming your child's identity is one of the most powerful things you can do to keep them safe and healthy. To any transgender American who's struggling, please know that you're not alone. To parents and children alike, please ask for help and know this, 
You're so brave. You belong. And we have your back. God bless you all. Be brave. Now, it sounds good, doesn't it? Made in the image of God with respect and dignity. And yet what Biden is doing and what the U.S. is doing, and by by the way, the U.S. is a kind of outlier in this. Sweden, Finland, France, United Kingdom are all beginning to question the mental health benefits of pediatric transition and pointing out that the risks and harms are incredibly strong. But Biden's administration's Department of Health and Human Services has committed to promoting the affirming model of care, arguing that puberty blockers are relatively risk-free, fully reversible, and merely provide a window of time. They also argue that if you don't transition, it'll be suicide. Now, both these claims are wrong, and they are misleading. And it's interesting, there's a battle going on in the US. Now, the Florida Department of Health have gone against this, and they've pointed out uh, along with, as, as we said already, Sweden, Finland, France, the United Kingdom, that there are significant risks. Now, you'll notice what Biden said in this. He said, affirming your child's identity is one of the most powerful things you can do to keep them safe and healthy. No, it's not. It really isn't. Any more than if your child is anorexic and thinks they're too fat and starves himself. Affirming that identity. No, it's not helpful. I think that I read somebody saying that the president's comments were wildly irresponsible and showed a commitment to gender ideology over science, reason and common sense. So, you know, there's a lot that we need to think about. Again, with all this stuff, I'm putting articles to it. Now, the medical stuff, I'm just utterly astounded that there are people defending government health agencies providing double mastectomies for teenage girls. And many other medical things, Scott Nugent, writing in Quillette about his own transition, said this, I had seven surgeries. I also had a massive pulmonary embolism, a helicopter life flight ride, an emergency ambulance ride, a stress-induced heart attack, sepsis, a 17th-month recurring infection due to using the wrong skin during a failed fallopathy, Philopasty, 16 rounds of antibiotics, three weeks of daily IV antibiotics, the loss of all my hair, only partially successful arm reconstruction surgery, permanent lung and heart damage, a cup bladder, insomnia-induced hallucinations. Oh, and frequent loss of consciousness due to pain from the hair on the inside of my urethra. All this led to a form of PTSD that made me a prisoner in my apartment for, for a year. Between me and my insurance company, medical expenses exceeded $900,000. Yeah, this is the route it's going. And in Scotland, this week, SNP ministers have been told that they need to deal with the soaring number of young people referred to the Sandyford Gender Change Clinic in Glasgow. There are a 1,000 on the waiting list for their first appointment, including 86 prepubescent children. There were 559 children referred to the clinic in 2019, a 1,411% increase on 37 children in 2013. The treatment offered includes puberty blockers, hormones to stop breasts or facial hair developing, and often resulting in significant harmful side effects. 
It's little wonder that Sajid Javid has announced a UK inquiry into what's going on uh, and the harm that's being done to children. And it's little wonder as well, because teachers are being used in this way. Um, here's an example from Ireland. Listen to this. At a parent-teacher meeting, a mother told me that her child, who we called Lucy, identified as a boy and wished to be called Liam. After this, I set about preparing the class for Liam's social transition. I taught lessons investigating and challenging gender stereotypes, and using the book Introducing Teddy, explained that some people don't identify with the gender they're assigned at birth. I said, Tilly wasn't happy because everyone saw her as a boy, but she knew she was really a girl. My pupil Ray asked, so boys can change into girls? And then Julie chimed in, and girls can change into boys? Yes, I said. Sometimes, while the doctor says a baby is a boy, as that baby grows up, they feel inside that they're not a boy. While they might have a boy's name, like Tilly, they know they aren't a boy and want to change their name. The same can happen for a girl. By making those changes, the person feels happier and more like themselves. Some people who experience this might use the word transgender to describe themselves. Once the pupils understood the concept, and once Liam and his mom were happy, I helped him tell the class. Everyone, do you remember last week we read about Tilly? Everyone replied, yes. Well, we're very lucky to know a person like that, and they're even in our class. The person we've been calling Lucy is really a boy and is now ready to tell us all. Liam told the class, I've always felt like a boy. My new name is Liam. So when I call the Rulla, I'll be calling out Liam McCarthy, and we will all call him Liam, won't we? The whole class agreed. Yes, teacher. Then Paul asked, Hey, teacher, is Liam still sitting at our table? I laughed and replied, Yes, nothing has changed except Liam's name. And nothing did change, except that Liam seemed much happier in school. A few weeks later, I introduced the pupils to non-binary identity, where people don't identify with being either a boy or a girl. The most important element of any lesson on gender identity is that we put the emphasis on respecting everyone, regardless of gender identity or expression. Now that is really creepy, isn't it? Boys can change into girls. And then this from Nickelodeon. In honor of International Transgender Day of Visibility, meet Time in Nickelodeon's 2021 Kid of the Year finalist, Rebecca Brusehoff. Growing up in the LGBTQ plus community has given me a different perspective on how I see the world. Trans kids are so much more than their gender identity and it's so important for people to listen to kids. I wish for a world where everyone can be lifted up and celebrated. So today and every day, we celebrate those who are helping others realize that everyone should be proud of what makes them who they are. What are they doing? They are celebrating. We celebrate this. One teacher told me of a school corridor where every wall was filled with support trans heroes. Well, if you're a child, you're being indoctrinated into this message all the time. So it's no surprise that this week, a UK secondary school revealed that more than 60 of its pupils now identify as transgender. Almost all of them are female, and many either have autism or autistic traits. The teachers are privately expressing concern about the impact of peer pressure, but... They won't say anything, will they? Dr. Brett Alderman talks about how he works with uh, trans-identified youth, and he said this, It is impossible to ignore how deeply indoctrinated they are. 
Their entire way of framing issues is based on multiple unspoken assumptions imbibed from social media, schools, pop culture. But critical thinking and self-awareness is lacking. And of course, this is done by governments as well. In the Northern Territory here in Australia, teachers are to be encouraged to organise non-gendered sports teams, physical education activities and sports days. An early draft of the guidelines, which have since been dropped, suggested that teachers should be banned from calling students boys and girls to avoid offending children who might be questioning their agenda. And children attending school camps would be able to use the toilet, showers and sleeping quarters of their affirmed gender. Therein lies madness. Well, I've used this song often and I'll use it again because it's so important. Hey teacher, leave those kids alone. Pink Floyd, another brick in the wall. Well, another em- uh, emphasis in this is in terms of politics and elections. Now, here in Australia, we are in the midst of our election. And in my suburb of our Tarman in North Sydney, I was going to the railway station. And nowadays, you are accounted by groups of polit- political activists, usually middle-aged people. And uh, there's an independent candidate called Kylia Tink, uh, I'm not sure how independent she is, funded by Climate 200. I'm spending a, a 1.2 million, I think, was how much this individual candidate is spending in this one constituency. But anyway, I decided to ask the activists. So I said to the woman handing me the leaflet, I'll take it. But before I would consider voting, and I actually don't have a vote, but um, let's work on the assumption. Can you answer me one question? What's the question? Can your candidate tell us what a woman is? I don't know. You mean you're campaigning for a candidate who is a woman and you're a woman and you're telling me your candidate can't say what a woman is? Oh, well, that's a controversial question. No, it's not. It's not a controversial question. Here is... uh, Now, there's a a woman standing in another suburb, uh, a woman called Catherine Deves, who's standing for the Liberal Party, and she has been viciously assaulted in the press, so much so, by the way, she's had death threats and so many other things for her views on transgender. And someone in her own party, the New South Wales Liberal Treasurer, Matt Keane, had a go at her. And this is him being interviewed. I thought this was really interesting. The whole interview is interesting, by someone called Ben Fordham on 2GB radio station here in Sydney. Uh, When you talk about likening young trans people to sex offenders, I don't think she did that. Can you show me where she did that? 
Well, I mean, the quote here, I'm reading it, half of all transgender men are sex offenders. She was I mean, talking about it, transgender not, men and she was talking about the prison population. Well, it's, it's, it's not appropriate. Well, well, you, you've you've just verbaled her by suggesting, need... Matt, you've just verbaled Catherine Deves live on the air by saying twice now that she was comparing trans children to sex offenders. And then when you clarify the quote, you're talking about men, and she was talking about men in the male prison population or trans women in the male prison population. Ben, I've got the quotes in front of me, but what I'm not going to No, well, to read do, it. Go on, I, read not, it. Ben, ben I, read I, the I quote, Matt. I'm not trying to silence Read her. the I quote, Matt. You, you just said you've got the quote in front of you. Read the quote. Everyone's listening. Read the quote. Well... Well, Ben, what I'm not going to do... I'll read it for you, Matt Keane. Half of all males (laughs) with trans identities as sex offenders compared with less than 20% for the rest of the male estate. Now, the male estate is what the UK refers to as their male prison population. And what she's talking about has been verified. It's a UK government study which showed half of trans male prisoners were sex offenders. So she correctly quoted that report... She said nothing about trans children being sex offenders. So what you've just said is a lie. Ben, that's not correct. What I'm saying is the language that has been used here in a number of circumstances... Well, Matt, uh, Matt, you just used an example. You just used an example, and I challenged you to read out the quote. You didn't do so twice. I've just read it out, and I'll read it Now, you see what's happening here. Matt Keane is is saying he's outraged at this woman saying that half of uh, trans men are sex offenders. But it's not what she said. And Keane had done his homework. He knew it. He said that half of the transgender men in prison in the UK were in for sex offences. And that's true. It's just true. But Keane lied about her, refused to back down, continued to attack her, and then used the hurtful card. Well, this is hurtful language. No, it's not. It's true. Dave says, I've been bullied in the most vile way and received death threats. But she said she wasn't going to leave. Do you know the Sydney Morning Herald doesn't know where to go? On the one hand, it says this is not an important issue. On the other hand, every single day, sometimes it has two articles, but it has at least one article attacking Dave's and going on about the transgender issue. In sport, uh, Olympic gold medalist Emily Seabom and... Australia's most successful Olympian, Emma McCune, have both said it's not fair to expect female swimmers to compete against opponents who are born male. Indeed it is. Now, we mentioned the health service, and if you've got children listening to this, you might want to be careful because I'm going to have to use language describing um, genitals. There's an NHS trust. This is unbelievable suggesting that healthcare professionals replace the word vagina with another term such as front hole or genital opening. Apart from being scientifically nonsense, it's so degrading and dehumanising to women's bodies. For a medical institution to legitimise terminology like front hole reduces women's bodies to orifices. It's just incredible. And the NHS expects women to put up with this because of trans lights. Now, other things. Staff have been encouraged not to say breast milk, but human milk or chest milk. They need to find other words for breast, cervix, labia, vulva and uterus. Wow.
We mentioned social media and the corporations. Apple's latest software update for its iPhone includes with it a pregnant man emoji. Yeah. And they also have a number of other gender-neutral cartoons. YouTube allows trans influencers to peddle a glamorized fantasy, I think I read this tweet somewhere, of a trans lifestyle makeover, yet my four-minute interview with Tucker Carlson gets removed for deceptive practices and scams. This was a feminist who was critical of the transgender movement. YouTube, ban her. And then we mentioned J.K. Rowling last week. Well, J.K. Rowling has had a... Just, this is incredible. A trans author... Gretchen Felker-Martin has written a novel which has been published which depicts the death of J.K. Rowling at the hands of trans activists in a Scottish castle. Wow. They won't publish your book if you misgender someone. But publish a book which suggests murdering J.K. Rowling. And so... That's what we said about the consequences. But what can actually be done? Well, let me suggest the Beatles. Nothing you can do that can't be done. Nothing you can sing that can't be sung. Nothing you can say but you can learn how to play the game. It's easy. Nothing you can make that can't be made. Okay, all you need is love. What does that mean? We need to define what love is. It's very important. We just say love is love, is love is love. No, love doesn't mean affirming people in what's wrong. It doesn't mean affirming people in things that are going to harm them. But we do need to love people. We need to love all people, including trans people, who are made in the image of God. Biden was at least right in that. And that does mean engaging with, and it does mean seeking to try and understand so, a number of years ago, I did a program for the BBC called Shake On It. Here's a small clip from that. I'm a transgender man, and I understand about all the things you go through uh, when you're trans. I think queer theory is ultimately the, the dismantling of a human being to a set of chemicals. How important is family to you? Second most important thing in the world. What's the first most important? Uh, Jesus. Okay, I'm an atheist. If we had no gender stereotypes, would we need gender identities? Yes, because when I was younger and when people were seeing me as a girl, it made me feel ridiculously uncomfortable and I got dysphoria, which is basically the feeling of not belonging. Mm -hmm. That's basically how I eventually figured out I was trans and that I was a boy. So I think that would happen regardless of if we had gender stereotypes or not. When I was growing up as a teenager, everyone was fighting against gender stereotypes. Well, not everyone, but a lot of people were. Now we're bringing them back. But mm -hmm. why, in proving yourself to be trans, do you have to be so stereotypical? 
it is hard not to fall into stereotypes of gender when you fought for your gender so hard. Before I sort of came out, um, you know, publicly as trans, I felt like, you know, oh, I'll just dress however I want. But actually, as you can see, I've got my short hair. I'm wearing kind of regular clothes. I'm kind of fitting to stere male stereotypes. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but you don't fit a male stereotype. Okay. Where, so, where do you sort of place now, I've embedded the whole thing into um, the website. We also need to think about the whole concept or the thing of detransitioners. There was a news magazine, 60 Minutes, profiled a group of detransitioners, including a male who once identified as female, explaining to CBS's Leslie Stull that he'd never really been suicidal before until I had my breast augmentation. Another detransitioner, once sought to transition from female to male, said, I developed a really disturbing sense that like a part of my body was missing, almost a ghost limb feeling about being like there's something that should be there. I put a, a link to an article on 100 detransitioners, which is uh, a scientific article, but absolutely fun fascinating. And how can I personally ever forget the girl who came to me who detransitioned and just the enormous mess that she was in and the abuse that she got. Or think of this woman in Glasgow. Becoming a man was a huge mistake, so why did doctors allow me to, to do it? This is Sinead in Glasgow. She changed gender at the age of 23, then changed her mind and detransitioned four years later and is furious that GPs are being paid to give hormone therapy. Yeah, you heard that right. GPs get paid money in some instances. In some places in the UK, they're being paid to give hormone therapy. Incentivized, in other words. There's another link to an article which I thought was wonderful. Someone called Laura, who went to Jake and back again. She says, my story is not about transgenderism. It is about the gospel. I didn't know how to fix myself. I didn't know how to transition. I came to the end of myself and God redeemed me. So we do have to love those who are struggling with this issue. It's a real and it's a serious issue. But we also have to love women. We have to love children. We have to love humanity. We have to fight against the ideology. And that's the second thing we need to do. I mentioned last week organizations like the Evidence-Based Social Workers Alliance, the feminist groups and others. And you fight the ideology by countering people like Dan Andrews, the Victorian Premier, who this week came on and disgracefully argued that those who are questioning the role whether men can take part in women's sports, that they are responsible for harm. He says, let me be clear, trans kids are 15 times more likely to self-harm 15 times. Well, Dan, let me just say that. Why then are you encouraging them to transition? He says, I don't think this debate is going to do any good. It's not easy to be trans. There's a lot of stigma. There's a lot of prejudice. I don't think that adding to this is particularly kind. I think it's cruel, in fact. What is cruel is to tell children that they were born in the wrong body. What is cruel is to let children be hormonally treated or even to have surgery, teenagers to have surgery. What is cruel to women is not to be able to say what a woman is. I, I find Dan Andrews, to be honest, there are people who are ignorant. 
And then there are people who are, I think, willfully wicked, and I think he's one of them. I really do. I, I think his ideology and his agenda is is appalling. If he doesn't know what a woman is, and this is how you combat the ideology, by the way, it's not difficult, is it? Here's Jordan Peterson. <laughs> I don't really like the way those questions are formulated. You know, I don't know what that means. What do you mean a real woman? Well, she I'm asking you, in your mind, you know, it depends what you think a real woman is, but do you think a trans woman is a woman? No. Why not? Because I think that women are capable, generally speaking, of having babies and they have female genitalia and they have an XX chromosome and, and I think the biological markers are relevant. It doesn't necessarily mean that I don't think that people should be treated with respect and dignity if they happen not to fit easily into a gender category. That's a different issue. Right. But, but it's a matter of definition and, and I actually think it's a foolish argument in some sense. Now, um... I want to suggest some resources for you. Uh, Robin Clare Smith. Uh, Rob is doing a PhD on transgender, and I'm sure it will be published as a book and it will be well worth it when it comes out. But there's a gender identity report from Sydney Anglicans. I would highly recommend it. I also would recommend the following books. Kathleen Stock's Material Girls, I've just finished. Abigail Shearer's Irreversible Damage. Mark Yarhouse's Understanding Gender Dysphoria. Vaughan Roberts, transgender, um, from a Christian perspective. Sharon James, gender ideology, what do Christians need to know? Also the same. Owen Strachan and Gavin Peacock, what does the Bible teach about transgenderism? And When Harry Became Sally by Ryan T. Anderson. I also thought Helen Joyce's book on transgender is absolutely superb. So... What about some of the questions that come in? Because I, I was asked a number of questions. Let me just deal with those before we finish. Somebody asked about what's a social construct. When people say gender is a social construct. Well, social constructionism is a theory in sociology and communication theory which proposes there are certain kinds of facts which, rather than depending on reality, depend on how we think, shared ways of thinking about and representing the world that groups of people develop collaborative and so what they say is gender is not um gender is not a reality it's not linked with biology it's just a societal thing now that's just not true someone else asked me are you not just encouraging trans suicide or and the answer is no absolutely not it's precisely because we care for trans people that they need uh the number of suicides and harm have been caused by this absolute fixation on it and the, the abuse of children. What about trans murder? Well, I came across this uh, great article in Unheard, which, you know, the, the trans-led organisation Transgender Europe has received lots of money to basically find that there's lots of trans mur murder. Um, and it's interesting that... It talks, you know, you're meant to be so much more trans murder than others. But as you, as you read this article, you realise when you delve into it, there are some things that become very clear. There are nine victims of trans in the trans murder monitoring report in the UK. The, it's not entirely certain that all the victims themselves identified with the label transgender. And the motives behind these crimes are way more complex than straightforward transphobia. Three of the nine were murdered via a 
by a violent punter while working as prostitutes. Another was killed by their husband who lived on her earnings from prostitutes. Another died at the hands of another transgender person. Another was a gay man who crossed Jess occasionally, and it may have been homophobia as well as transphobia involved in that. Two of the murders were linked to drug use. In other words, the large majority of these trans victims were not killed simply for being trans. Almost half appear to involve prostitution, which is a statistic that's reflected across the, the world. As uh, the Unheard article says, it seems remarkable then that trans women are women and sex work is work remain two of the most heavily promoted mantras in trans activist circles. So all of this, it's a mess, isn't it? It's a threat to democracy, it's a threat to women, it's a threat to children. This is not a joke, this is a cancerous ideology. And to understand this from a Christian perspective, I think there are two biblical ways we can do that. One is we can go Romans 1 and say, this is God judging us, leaving us to our own devices. Not heading us with lightning, but just leaving us to our own devices. The other we could say is that this is the devil overreaching himself. This is people... Uh, And people are being woken up to what is going on. Our elites have drunk the Kool-Aid. The rest of us don't have to. And I think that does point us to the one hope. And here's a politician, Jacob Rees-Mogg, being being interviewed and giving just a wonderful answer. Now, I'm not asking you to like or to agree with Jacob Rees-Mogg's politics. I'm just saying in this answer, it's spot on. Listen to what he has to say. Good morning. Um, I have what is be a very, very simple question. Um, What is a woman and can a woman have a penis? Um, well, I, I think, uh, as often the Bible gives the best answer to this, Genesis 1, 27, uh, God made man in his own image, he made man and he made woman, he made both of them. Um, I, I think God making us in, our, in his own image is quite good enough for me. And your um, second question, I think the answer is no. Well, he's right, isn't he? The Bible does have the answer. We are made in the image of God, so we must not destroy that image. When Biden says we're made in the image of God, don't mutilate that. Carl Truman says the problem is that President Biden uses the language of the image not as the foundation for his thinking about trans people, but rather as a rhetorical flourish to grant the sentimental gospel of American progressive sexual and gender politics a veneer of transcendent and sacred authority. It is a means to seize the moral high ground for definitions of love and dignity that mean exactly what the spirit of of the age says they mean. Mushy affirmations of whatever piously progressive gibberish the progressive electorate demands. In this case, as is clear from the video and other recent statements, this means explicit sex education from kindergarten onward, the bizarre implausibilities of gender theory taught to kids not old enough to engage in any meaningful abstract thought, and the demolition of women's private spaces and sports. When that kind of love wins, it's pretty obvious who loses. Women and children, with the chaotic world of decreation let loose upon them with the force of law behind it. Again, the link is to that article is on the website. And then Rosaria Butterfield has an excellent article on Ligonier, in which she states a transgender identity makes a mockery of both the word of God and Jesus Christ our saviour. In the book of Romans, Paul situ- situates the sin of envy as one consequence of exchanging God for, adul- for idolatry. After having been given up to a debased mind, Paul lists the consequences. 
They are filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and maliciousness. To be full of envy is to be blinded by the desire to have what belongs to someone else. Because our hearts are deceitful, some persons who claim a transgendered identity may not recognise their envy and will need help in seeing the envious root of their feelings that their gender and biological sex are different. Well, indeed, we are all human beings made in the image of God. We are loved by God. There is a brokenness that many of us experience between body and mind. There's a brokenness within, a brokenness without. But there is healing. And that does come from recognising what the Lord gives to us. So I'm going to leave you with Shane and Shane. That's the end of the transgender series, so all three of them. We'll go back next week, hopefully, to normal ones. Um, this is Shane and Shane's version of Psalm 8, when the psalmist asks, what is man? Meaning, of course, humanity. Well, we're human beings, male and female, made in the image of God. When I look at your heavens, the moon and stars, you said, I sing all glory and honor What is man that you are mindful The son of man that you would care for We sing all glory and honor Oh Lord, our Lord Oh how awesome are your ways How majestic is your name friend Rob Smith, his PhD focuses very much on Genesis 1 and 2. And I think that is foundational. And when our society has moved away from that, we've ended up with this mess. The only way to get out of it is to return to the one who made us. So God bless you. I'll see you next week. If you'd like to support Quantum, then please do go to the Podbean fundraiser. Again, all links are there. And we've got a new Ask podcast out as well with Greg Sheridan talking about the uh, church and Christianity in China. And again, links to that. So God bless you. Uh, see you and enjoy Shane and Shane.